it's always a pleasure talking to you, Israel, uh, and I wish we all, always recorded conversation because it's always something interesting and worth uh, sharing with others. Sometimes I, I feel bad that, that I haven't recorded it. But um, anyway, uh, the, the point of today, uh, a meet or a, or a podcast or a discussion is that um, uh, you recently sent me an early draft copy of uh, your opinion paper uh, that you co-author with Aviv Emanuel uh, on different uh, subjective ratings of perceived exhaustion, effort, exertion, and so forth. Um, so I wanted to take this opportunity to kind of discuss uh, some of the topics that you raise in the paper um, and also share some of my op opinions, maybe some of, of uh, I won't say critique of the paper because I uh, the, the more I think about it, the, the more I think it's, you know, spot on. But I wanted to share some of my kind of like a, maybe expand on some topics, um, give some uh, practical scenarios that maybe listeners can kind of understand a little bit better. Maybe, you know, differentiate between different, uh, you know, subjective ratings and maybe provide for a potential um, a guide or, or a practical suggestion when kind of collecting that stuff with, in different uh, activities and sports. So anyway, uh, do you want to give us a little bit of background? Why, why did you, you know, uh, start this topic? What, what motivated you? Sure. Uh, first, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. And uh, like you said, we, I don't think we're very good with the formalities. We always get stuck on the intro, and then we just say, fuck it, and then just start talking and okay. skip the, so the I'm, podcast. I'm so, so glad you, you used the that word first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, let's just uh, get to the meat of it. Anyways, I'm, as you know, I started working at uh, Tel Aviv University, and um, one of the projects that uh, we were actually, I would say, roughly halfway into the data collection phase, is when we're trying to differentiate between, uh, or, or actually before differentiating, we're trying to measure uh, three different subjective perceptions during different exercise configurations. Uh, we're not going to talk about the configurations right now, but uh, we started reading quite quite extensively about this topic. Uh, I wouldn't say that it necessarily started out with uh, effort, which is uh, probably the most uh, utilized or the most measured perception in exercise sciences. We actually started more from a, a different angle, which is uh, heavily emphasized in exercise psychology, uh, which is the measure of affect. Uh, and, and for that, we use a scale that's called the feeling scale. I put a lot of stock in, on this uh, scale, on this measurement. I think it's one of the strongest one. I mean, of course, it all depends on what you're trying to measure. Of course, it doesn't fit everything, but I, I should note that I find it to be a very powerful and useful skill that could be of a, of a lot of value to the exercise sciences and not just for psychologists. But anyways, as, as, as we were reading through the literature, some things started to... We're starting to note more and more problems, more and more difficulties, unclarities, um, different terms bundled up under the same... Um, definition which didn't add up so and then i would say uh at some point i suggested to aviv that we should probably write a, a letter to the editor about this or a short commentary 
And I thought naively that this is something that will take us a week or two because we were already quite well read on this topic. But then I started delving in and we started noticing more and more problems. The more we, we, uh, we read, the more we noticed uh, difficulties and shortcomings and validity problems, which developed into what I perceive to be now quite a monster. It's a, it's a very large review paper. I hope to submit it soon, actually. Um, we raise a lot of problems. And what we try to also do also because this topic is so wide and broad and there's so much to know and understand and surely we've missed uh, some some papers we miss, miss may have missed some opinions or or other critiques because this goes back all the way to the 70s if not before so we try to pose it more as a tentative critique uh, not too committed but at least try to get our colleagues from the field to reflect more about the, the difficulties we're facing when we just measure a perception, mostly RPE, because that's what we've been using irrespective of the question almost, without putting too much thought into the scales, without putting too much thought into the definitions, the anchors, the instructions, and anything that that can be uh, added into the mix. Okay, I, I like the, the, the bird noise in the background. <laughs> At least oh, it's, it's sunny there. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, 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 we got a new dog as well, and he barks. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's nice, nice uh, um, ambiental uh, yeah. <laughs> noise. So, yeah, um, I, 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 I generally think that there's like a big, um, pretty much the um, shit show in, in that, in that, subjective ratings and and kind of um, um, uh, rating up perceived you know subjective indicators and so forth so at this stage i want to make sure that that we are now limiting to the uh, discussion of the uh, acute response or or the dose or or subjective dose uh, to acute loading rather than you know um, ratings of uh, readiness or ratings of wellness and so forth. That, that's another topic, but I think they are really, really inter interrelated. So, uh, what I think is that, is that, and you probably agree with me, is that uh, we don't have a single gestalt feeling of uh, how hard, in quotation mark, the, uh, the exercises or, or the current uh, uh, stress or the current work, workload is. So we kind of integrate multiple sources of, you know, feedback into, you know, whatever you are asking me to rate, if that makes sense. So if you are asking me to rate uh, discomfort or effort or exhaustion, I might, I might rate different things. So I think that the confusion starts there with non, not clearly defined the, the constructs that we are trying to rate. Uh, or, or, we, or we start with the belief that there's a subjective rating of effort as a construct and there are, you know, it's only a single one um, construct that we are trying to kind of subjectively rate rather than uh, assuming or accepting that there are multiple uh, subjective feelings that are happening inside the body or inside the athlete while he's performing. Well... Um, I suppose you raise a number of, of different top, uh, issues here. First, we, we don't have a sense of effort. I mean, we don't have a particular pathway like we do for vision yep. uh, or hearing. So there's no uh, sensory uh, systems that are dedicated just for 
for one particular perception. It's an integration of number of things that presumably can be uh, translated into uh, a single perception. That's the assumption here. Now, whether it's a gestalt, I suppose, I, I don't personally have anything against the view of a gestalt perception of effort. I don't think it's there's anything inherently wrong with that. In fact, in the paper, uh, we, we offered a tentative new definition of effort, which right now, uh, shamefully, I can't even remember the exact uh, way we phrased it. But nevertheless, it is it is it does revolve around uh, some sort of a gestalt because in a sense what we're trying to say is that it's the amount of perceived resources that you're investing within a given task out of a perceived maximum. So in a sense, put it just differently, it's how much percent am I putting in to comp within a given task out of my perceived maximum. So it's very important I, I make sure I repeat the term uh, perceived twice. First in my perceived investment out of the perceived maximum. So let's say I think right now I'm putting 30% out of my 100%. That's both, there are two different things. Uh, how much do I think I'm investing? That's 30% out of my given 100%. So it's, it's not objective, both of them. And I think it's somewhat intuitive. And then also what I personally, at the time being, what I like about this definition is that it's independent of the task being completed. So I just ask that in relation to a task that you're completing right now. And by the way, we think at present, we'll probably be wrong, but at present we think this is also accurate for, uh, this also captures mental effort as well. Let's say you're doing a math exam. How much effort are you putting into it out of your perceived maximum? To me, this definition, this definition captures effort within mental effort, uh, activities as well. And, uh, and I think in this regard, it is a gestalt. And what I'm thinking right now is that it does differ from task difficulty. Because first there's how much am I willing to invest? How much am I investing? But then let's say I'm putting in 100% in something that it's not very difficult or not very hard for me to complete. So I'm putting in 100% in something that the product of it doesn't make it feel very hard. And the two are... I think that's maybe I'm going uh, too fast and we should break it down more slowly. But in a sense, that's what I think some are attempting to do by differentiating between effort and exertion. So I'll, I'll come back to this one, but I want to uh, kind of touch. Let's assume that um, uh, let, let, let's let's deal with, with the concept of effort first as a, as a potential metric, just as a general metric. So okay. that's a acute feeling you're feeling. <coughs> at a particular instant in time. So I guess that depends also uh, on uh, onset of the exercise, uh, you know, during the exercise uh, and at the completion of the exercise. So it's kind of dynamic. So the, 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 the sense of effort is dynamic. So suppose, like, I'm going to give a few examples during the course of this uh, uh, podcast. So suppose you start doing, a, say, a 1,500-meter run, uh, at a given pace, you know, regardless of the pace. First of all, you need to figure out, you know, the pacing of, you know, how how you expect the event to, uh, you know, to to last, and and so forth. And then you might, you know, you get a starting sense of effort, uh, and uh, as you complete the race, uh, you know, at the end of the race, you're probably going to have different level of effort. So it's like a change in in effort levels. And again, this depends on. Multiple things, as as you already know, it depends. Like, you know, is it the self-paced uh, exercise, so where you select the actual 
or is it like a distance you need to cover or is it like a time to exhaustion task so where you have a, a, a certain work rate that you need to you know fulfill up to the very uh, momentarily failure uh, you know and so forth so all this gonna affect the dynamics of the effort ratings uh, then, then we have this, uh, you know, the idea of rating the, the, the final. So let's say, like, you, you finish the race, 1500 meter, and I ask you as a coach, like, how hard was it? Like, how, how much effort did you put in? Like, uh, so that will be, uh, so if, if you repeat that task, for example, would you be able to beat it? Or would you be able to put more effort in it? Um, so what I have the issue with is that uh, we kind of, like, from a, from a measurement perspective, rather, regardless of the definition of the metric, is that it's dynamic, it, it changes in time, and you know, as a, as a coach, we usually use this session session RP or the rating of the session uh, rate of perceived ex uh, effort or exhaustion, but that's kind of dynamic. It changes in time. Uh, so, what's your what's your opinion on, you know, what should coaches take? Like, should should they take it as a as a as a continuous measurement, like what fluctuates in time based on task, based on, you know, all the other things or, or, or the final score. Yeah, yes, man, you're good. You're, you, you're uh, right on the money with your questions. And the honest truth is I don't have a clear answer for that because like if it really does depend on how you want to phrase the question and what resolution you want to use the tool for and how you anchor or how you explain the the measure to your athlete, which could actually, in the, from a practical point of view, I think that as long as the coach and the athlete come to terms and have at least some sort of an agreement of what the score stands for, then it's fine, as long as they're very clear and consistent. In that regard, I don't necessarily think it matters that much that they're consistent with the rest of the community because all they care is about the athlete doing better. So in that regard, it doesn't matter if somebody else is defining it Otherwise, this is a problem of science. This is not a problem of a particular athlete. So I would say that as long as there's a lot of clarity between two people, an athlete and a coach, then it's fine. But like you said, the problem could arise that people are not very clear and what they're referring to. What is this session RP? Are we talking about the end of the race, the first part of the race? Because like you said, you're pacing yourself. So surely if you're doing a 5K, the first, let's say, I don't know, 500 meters, you're not putting in 100% of your perceived 100%. Unless you're out of your mind, because you got to pace yourself. So out of like, let's say the 100%, if you anchor it on running as fast as you possibly can, then surely that rarely occurs during a race up until the end sprint. But then again, what is the point of reference here? You know, are we, is the RPE relative to a different? You know, it's just a question of when you measure it and what is your what what's your 10? What's your 100%? What's what's that relative to? So as a function of how much resolution you want within a particular exercise and within a particular athlete, I suppose the anchor should change as well. Because like you said, you can treat the RP as the, as the whole activity, let's say a 5K race, or you can ask at a given instant of time, what's the RP? And then possibly, let's say you, you collect RP after each kilometer, then you've got another monitoring tool that you can monitor each uh, session. It's like, all right, we're getting same velocities, but they're reporting lower RPEs, or in a sense, that's an indication of improvement. Hmm. Yeah, 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 it makes sense. I, I think it's uh, as, like, it's uh, <laughs> pretty much a lot of, uh, 
stuff involved there and uh, I just I reread the the paper by uh, Ross Tucker uh, and I think Tim Noakes on yeah the templates uh, yeah the um, figuring out the pace and figuring out the starting effort uh, based on expected duration of the of the workload so that also needs to take into account so uh, I think you mentioned the starting level of effort um, um, and you can say that it's not 100% of 100%, uh, but if you if you if you think about you know if you think about you know how how long the uh, how long the event might last, you you know you calculate again again this calculation might be wrong. Um, you calculate that that's actually the the highest effort that you can sustain. Or and or you can predict the the increase in level of perceived effort across the predicted duration of the activity. So uh, this is a pretty much mouthful, but I ho hopefully you. No, you... I get you. I, I I personally I think that at the stage like the, the field right now should dedicate most of its effort to narrowing down the definition. This is uh, in the paper what we propose first and foremost, because right now there's way too many definitions of what effort is. And then the, the the biggest problem is that a lot of these definitions include other terms that should that do not belong under the effort umbrella. For example, fatigue, pain, discomfort, they're different perceptions. And we do have enough evidence by now uh, to indicate that people can easily differentiate between them. So, for example, if I ask you right now, all right, what? and there's studies out there like that that are asking people after a race, like, what's your RPE? If they explain to them that RP can be all these different things, then you're not really sure what you what answer you're getting for. So, are they rating uh, an eight out of ten? Are they actually measuring or giving us an indication of how fatigued they feel, or is that how much effort they put forth? And we don't have a way to discriminate because that all falls under the same umbrella. So, this is the first thing we need to do. Once the definition is narrower, we're still going to have similar problems. People might, even if we are very precise with our questions, people might still give you, uh, as Daniel Kahneman says, right? You sometimes you, you switch the question and answer something that's easier for you to answer. So people might answer a different perception unless it's very clearly explained to them what the definition is, what to avoid, the way the scale has been anchored. So this is, I think, the first stage before, in, in my view at least before adding in other variables such as distance and all that because not to say that it's not important I think it's very important but I think right now it may be premature because before we narrow down as a field of definition and for example clearly uh, in the method section what scale was used what version how the the upper and lower um, uh, ranges were anchored what instructions were provided these things are crucial to be added within a given paper or at the very least as a supplementary uh, document. I think that is what we need to do first. Okay, yeah, that makes complete sense. And, and uh, the thing that you mentioned that our ability to uh, differentiate between different, you know, subjective ratings of say a force, power output, fatigue, and all this stuff, that's what I referred before when, when I mentioned that it's not a one sum, like a one single oh, yeah. gestalt. Yeah. So although I think it's sometimes it's really hard to differentiate between some of these perceptions as the fatigue set in and, and so forth. Yeah. So what I wanted to kind of uh, suggest, and you know, you, cor you correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some of my opinions regarding, you know, different subjective types 
or subjective rating types and maybe provide few practical examples and then we can kind of discuss it uh, or, or you know, what, what might athlete rate on depending on different scenarios. So <clears throat> let, let me like uh, I, I've seen the latest episode of uh, Game of Thrones last night so I couldn't sleep well. Oh, I haven't seen anything so please <laughs> so, don't, uh, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> so I couldn't sleep well and so I, I was uh, you know reading some of the papers on uh, effort, exhaustion and so, so forth and uh, I let it boil for a while and in the morning I, I think I finally nailed it. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm open to suggestions and critique and so forth, but let me, let, let me walk you through some of my reasoning. So uh, I differentiate between f four, again, four groups that are very interconnected, four groups of uh, ratings, subjective ratings or perceived uh, um, uh, whatever, so subjective uh, perceptions. Uh, the first one is a, uh, a rate of perceived motor output. So, for example, that could be a force, that could be velocity, that could be power. So, you, we are able to kind of figure out how much motor output we are generating. And this seems to be, as far as I've, I've, I've read, uh, people are able to kind of differentiate between this and the yeah. level of effort, which, which I'll, I'll yeah. touch in a second. Yeah, people can differentiate that. They Actually, recently, they also developed... Uh, uh, a, a very nice scale, I should add, that measures uh, perception of velocity. Yep. That's a, from Spain. They've done a good job with that. People are actually quite accurate with that. They, they have a good sense of, uh, of bar velocity. And people can definitely differentiate force from uh, effort. There's research showing that. Although it's, it's, uh, they need good instructions to do that. Yeah, yeah uh, it's, it takes experience as with, as with and, everything. Uh, and perception of uh, heaviness. For example, yeah. uh, uh, you, if, if you uh, stimulate the muscle with EMS, right? And the muscle produces force, mm -hmm. like a percent of MVC. Yeah. So that's actually a study that wasn't published yet by Benjamin Peugeot. I think that I'm not sure, I, I may be uh, mispronouncing his name, I, which is a shame because I just had a Skype chat with him the other day. So if he listens to this, I apologize. But he uh, he conducted a very interesting study, which I actually think is, is right up what you're trying to say. Uh, they uh, electrified the muscle to produce force that is equivalent to 10% of maximal voluntary contraction. And people did re report uh, perception of force, but no effort. Because mm -hmm. there's yeah. no motor, motor drive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, the practical example uh, would be if, if you ask me to produce isometric force of 60% of maximum voluntary contraction, I'll be able to rate that as 60% of motor output. And if I do that for like a one second, the effort will be kind of, you know, you know, uh, wouldn't be extreme. But if you ask me to kind of keep that 60% for a, you know, for a five minutes, the level of effort will be increasing. So I'll, I'll still be able to say, okay, this is 60% of force, but level of effort is increasing as I'm, I'm reaching a momentarily failure. So, which brings me to the uh, rate of perceived effort. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, the, uh, this would be the, um, this would be the, um, let me see, the, kind of like a recruitment. So how much you are actually trying to recruit. And this comes really close to, you, to, to your definition of before. That's the ability to, to meet the demands of the exercise of activity or like, uh, you know, demands of how much you're putting in. So, this is actually very close to what James Steele 
uh, the way he's defining effort. Yeah, that's and, the definition from his paper, actually. That's what I yeah. read now, yeah. Yeah, so James, uh, James, he's a very sharp guy with great opinions about this topic. I like his definitions. James and I talk frequently on the phone about these issues. Um, I think it's a great definition, but and I think all this, like trying to define is, is, is extremely difficult. Yeah, I agree. My only, my only, um, uh, I don't know if it's even an issue because I don't disagree with this definition. I think it's a great definition, but a component that is missing from it, from my view, which is why I previously when I explained how I, my perception, my current perception of uh, of uh, perceived effort, I need the the perception component is missing for me. It's all it's right now that this definition is too objective. I know what and revolves possibly too much around the task mm -hmm. rather than what I'm putting into the task. Okay. Okay, so um let's let's give two two examples. Uh, so the first one was with the isometric force. Um so you start with the 60% which is the, you know, feeling of the motor output. The feeling of the force, and as the fatigue sets in, the peripheral fatigue, whatever, your your brain or your you needs to kind of increase the uh, the recruitment of the motor units as you fatigue. So, at the end of that task, you're probably gonna reach out the you know maximal recruitment. So you're gonna feel you know the force is sixty percent, but you feel you are you know giving all out in terms of effort or like how much I'm I'm putting in from from my potential. Um, and then again, I'm going to give two, two examples that I, that I mentioned in a, in a Facebook chat uh, the other day. So if I'm, if I'm running, say, 60 meter sprint, and you know, I'm going to give all out, so I'm, I'm going to run six, 60 meters, and, and then I'm going to feel, you know, first of all, the, the first one, rate, rate of perceived motor output will be you know, 100%. So I, I gave like 100%. And at the end of that, uh, at the end of that 60 meter, I'll also say that I, I gave my maximum effort because I, I gave all out, right? Uh, the, and I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna get back to this in, in a second, the other one. Uh, also what we need to keep in mind sometimes is like, um, you know when you, when you are boxing or sometimes you wanna, you wanna punch as hard as possible? And sometimes, you know, you can make an effort to punch as hard, hard as possible, but you actually don't punch as hard as possible. So you, and sometimes you are relaxed and bam, the punch is, you know, the highest motor output is out there, but you didn't put much effort in it, if that makes sense. So like if, if you're really trying to push it or if, if you let it happen, so, you know, like that, that might be something to, to discuss, but let me first, let me first kind of chat about the say 1500 meter. So, uh, you start with 1500 meter, you're probably not gonna go all out. So your, your per perception of the motor output will be sub-maximal. So you say, okay, I started this at 75%. So, you know, potential velocity that I'm actually able to run at or, you know, potential power output. And as I, as I reach out the, you know, finish line, uh, my effort, the, the per perceived effort will also be 10 of 10, especially if I gave all out. Uh, you know, and but again, at, at this at this uh, particular instant in time, when I'm actually finishing the race, when the fatigue sets in and all this stuff, you know, my my ratings of motor output might be skewed, so I, I might not be able to really discern how much I'm, you know, running, you know, fast or how much uh, how much power output I'm generating. But the idea is that in both of these cases, 
the rating of effort will be 10 of 10 at the end of the race, right? But the, the, the rating of the motor output will be different. You know, what, what do you think about this one? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I see what, where you're trying to go with uh, differentiating between uh, motor out, the perception of motor output and perceived effort. Uh, I'm not sure where I stand with that. I haven't given it enough thought. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't have much to say because I have to think about it. And, and I do know like these things do like the ability to discriminate between perception of force and an effort. But the research done showing that people can discriminate that was done in, uh, in very um, controlled environments. Mm. So lifting away uh, once and things like that. So I'm not sure where what happens between how we're able we're going to be able to discriminate especially once fatigue sets in everything becomes more confusing and difficult to, to set apart yeah, uh, but, but but this is why it's very like to begin with at least from my view it's it's better to to uh, discriminate between activities that are done that can be done relatively fresh versus those that fatigue will, will inherently play a, a major role so for example if you're doing a short explosive repetitions let's say a jump squat with your body weight and you're doing five sets of three of horizontal jumps you're not fatigue is not going to be a major factor here or like let's even say the example i used in the in the paper like a three second maximal voluntary contraction isometric effort is going to be maximal i would imagine that what you call the perceived motor output is also maximal. going to be maximal yeah. but there's no fatigue so it's going to be very easy to discriminate to show that they're not one and the same construct saying that we're what i don't know right now is that's what we're trying to investigate with the current study is well if you're doing an incremental task that, that lasts x amount of seconds i'm not even sure let's say a vo2 max test right well the study that attempted to validate the new rating of fatigue scale they found they reported a correlation of nearly one which is like actually 0 0.99 um between the rating of fatigue and rating of perceived effort. But they did use Borg's scale, which includes fatigue in it. Yep. So then it's like, wait, so I'm not sure what the authors have done, whether they excluded fatigue from the effort scale or not, but it seems like the constructs do merge under some circumstances and it's very, and, and they're not one and the same under some. Yep. So this is, this is what I, this is what I can note. Now with your examples with, uh, with a hundred, uh, the 1500 meters, Again, I'm not, it's, it really does depend. It's very important to, before we continue talking to, to decide at least operationally what the 10 stands for. What is maximum? Because to me, it's like, all right, if, if the 10 is the fastest a person can run, or at least the perception of how, because you see, that's the thing, there's variability. Yep. So when I, when I take that out of the equation, I don't think it's accurate enough because there's day-to-day -day variations, which is why the perception of, my fastest velocity within a given period of time, I think that's a better representation of my perceived effort mm -hmm. rather than actual effort. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so if that is the case, then surely you'll only reach 10 towards the end of the race, I would think, right? Yeah. Um, but, but to me, at least the way I define right now effort, and, and this I took from James as well, I think that the way he anchored his effort skills are excellent, which is why I use, I'm currently using uh, James's uh, his scale that they've developed that I love their anchor. The 10 to me makes perfect sense. It's not vague. It's you're trying 
to complete a given exercise or activity, but you can't despite your attempts to. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, perfect. That's a 10. That's a 10 right there. It's very easy to, I don't know what maximal is, you know, to me, it's like, I'm trying, but I can't. Yeah. I think that the way how you, how you propose the question, how you phrase it, linguistics, as you exactly. mentioned before, affects, you know, the, what, what, what I'm trying to rate, like, wh- what are you asking me to rate? Uh, but again, this, the, the, this, the, the, first of all, um, with, with these four levels or four components that are kind of intertwined, I'm not trying to kind of objectify them or kind of discern them, but kind of have a, a theoretical st- starting point for discussion. I completely agree they are kind of, you know, tricky, uh, and which brings me to the, the third level, and I'm going to give the, the same example one more time. So the third one is a rate of perceived exer- exertion or a rate of perceived exhaustion. And that's the, when the fatigue sets in. So uh, again, two tasks. We have uh, 80 meter run and we have 1500 meter run. So, you know, at the end of the 80 meter run, you're going to say, okay, I, I gave a maximum, um, uh, maximum motor output, perceived motor output. I also gave the maximum effort, 10 of 10. So, you know, I, I probably, or my, you know, as you mentioned before, my, my subjective feeling of, you know, did I, did I, have I done the all out for a particular distance or particular task? Uh, but the level, uh, the rating of uh, exertion or level of fatigue, again, tricky, <laughs> entering the tricky territory, w- wouldn't be 10 of 10. So it, or it will be different than 1500 meter run. So it's kind of, it, it kind of this this rating uh, connects with a, a, a fatigue. It connects to a, a task failure, like how close you are to a task failure. It also co- connects to let me check here what I wrote. Uh, uh, yeah, kind of proximity to momentarily failure, um, and the uh, it's also like how hard your system, like how how your body is working to maintain homeostasis. So it, it's kind of like. You know, accumulation of, uh, you know, met- metabol- metabolites, the, you know, how hard your lung is working, how hard your heart is working. So this will be kind of, you know, different than effort. So this, uh, uh, again, a rating of perceived exertion or a rating of perceived exhaustion is different than the effort. So it will be different for different activities. And the, the fourth one, and I think the, this one and the last one are kind of really intertwined. And you're probably going to agree with me. Uh, it's the rating of discomfort, the, the 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 fourth one. So rating of discomfort is, you know, subjective feeling of uh, you know pain, you know acidity in the muscles, and you know, and and so forth. But again, uh, what might differentiate between them is, for example, if you are doing say uh, uh, sets to failure, uh, with and without blood occlusion. So again. Uh, if, if you're doing a set to failure with, without the blood occlusion, you might say at the end of the, uh, at the given set that, uh, say, discomfort was 8 of 10, but the level of uh, exertion is 10 of 10. But if you do that same thing with the you know, blood occlusion, you might, you might give 10 of 10 on, on both ratings, on both the rate of perceived uh, exhaustion or exertion and uh, rate of perceived discomfort. What's, yeah, your, what's your I, thoughts I de- about this one? Okay, so so you propose four different divisions. Yeah, theoretically, I, they are, they are theoretical. kind of intertwined, yes. So are they, in your view, more like you're proposing these this divisions for practical purposes? 
I'll I'll come back to this one. I'll come back to this okay, one. This is just a the theoretical first, one. So first, I, I, I from a practical point of view, I'm not sure I see the division between the first and the second one. Yeah, between I agree. Effort, yeah. per, I don't, I don't necessarily. I mean, it's it's there at least theoretically, and there's research to support that. But I don't know if the division is of any uh, practical utility. I think effort is enough. Uh, I definitely agree that fatigue is of value. Um, I think it's people uh, can actually. There's enough research showing that people can differentiate between fatigue and uh, and effort. And, and and as a matter of fact, is at least by adopting uh, the definition of effort that it should be. Uh, ex- uh, confined to it to an activity. So right now, if I ask you to rate your perceived effort, it should be zero. Yeah. So you're not. Gonna, but I can ask you what is your rate of perceived fatigue, and you can give me a uh, uh, a numerical value. And this is exactly how they validated their scale. They have actually validated across many different studies, Micklewright and colleagues and St. Clair and, and uh, that they've got they've measured effort from morning to to nighttime, and it's always. Uh, possible to rate it. So, by the way, one of the ways that I explain people in in the research that we're currently uh, conducting, I think it's an excellent way to, to to have people get a feel and better understand the scales. Is we have them th- sit for three minutes at rest, and we ask them, "All right, what is your perceived effort right now?" And they got to answer zero, unless if they don't answer zero, something they didn't understand the scale. But then I ask them, "What is their rate of fatigue?" and it could possibly be a zero, but likely it could be an eight just as well if they didn't sleep a night before. And this is exactly, they defined it, Micklewright and others, and this is debatable, they defined it as a, as a general perception that on the one occasion could be if you're trying to stay up late at night and you're, you're falling asleep on the one hand, or you're sprinting as fast as you can until the point that you can't continue anymore as the other. So this is, I see it as both a positive and a negative. Uh, but at least when you're fresh, like with the, some of the examples you provided, people will be will be able to discriminate between effort and fatigue. However, I would imagine that longer distances, they tend to merge and become more like one. They act more like one. The correlation between the, the measures will be uh, will be very similar. And then with finally with the discomfort, I think it's also a useful scale. But I personally, I'm not sure that I would use effort, fatigue, and discomfort all within the same activity. Again, it really does boil down to the questions. They shouldn't just automatically be, because I would say that as a function of the activity being completed, there is a good chance that people might confuse fatigue and discomfort. It's uh, as a function of the activity, they may be very similar. Okay, yeah, that, that brings me to to the practical application of these theoretical distinctions. So my, my proposal is to kind of link uh, these ratings to something more uh, task specific, um, uh, rather than trying to be you know generalizable across multiple domains. So, for example, uh, as a strength and conditioning coach or as a strength coach, uh, I'll, I'll give you also a, a few examples. So, um, let, let's assume you do say uh, sets of five, uh, sets of five at say sixty percent of one RM. So it's sub-maximal, it's far away from failure. And you can, you, can, you can lift those five reps as fast as possible in the concentric range, which will make effort maximal, yeah. right? That, that's your maximal effort, even if yeah, you haven't reached failure, right? Uh, you can also lift those five reps 
sub-maximum of five reps at 60% with, you know, sub-maximal effort. So you can leave them slowly. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's one example. The next one, the next example is to lift those five reps to, to a failure. So that's, uh, for example, f- uh, five reps at, uh, say, 85%. Uh, at, at that last rep, the effort will, again, be maximal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you can also lift those five reps with different intent to lift as fast, fast as possible. Yeah. So you can lift those five reps, you know, with uh, you know, some maximal effort on a given rep. Uh, and that's going to go slowly and you'll still reach a momentary f- failure. But you can also lift those five reps with the maximal intent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the difference will be that, uh, you know, lifting to failure five reps with the maximal and sub-maximal intent will be that uh, your effort in the first rep is sub-maximal, right? Yep. So, you know, lifting w- without maximal intent, the, the, the level of effort on a given rep will be, say, seven, seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that, where if you lift with the maximal intent on every rep, will be 10, 10, yep. 10, 10, 10, until you reach failure. Yeah. So we, we, we agree on that. So, um, so that, that's, that's the effort level. Um, the ex- exertion level, the level of exertion or level of exhaustion in this particular scenario will be proximity to failure. So the, the, in the first scenario that I mentioned before, lifting five reps with 60% of uh, maximum, that will be probably five reps in the reserve. So you probably rate uh, exertion. Uh, What's exertion? Exertion will be proximity to failure in this particular uh, scenario. Oh, so you, that's how you define it. Then yeah. I'll, I'll go with exhaustion, not exertion. Oh, I, 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 I agree with that, with that one. So it's a little bit tricky and I think it's a kind of synonym. And to be honest, I, I haven't gave too much thought about linguistic sites. So let's call it exhaustion, level of exhaustion. So in the first one, when you do five reps with 60%, you know, lifting maximum with the maximal intent, effort will be maximal, but the level of exhaustion at the end will be sub-maximal, might be, you know, seven of, or eight of 10. Where if you lift, you know, five reps with 85% and you reach momentary failure, the effort will be 10, but the level of exhaustion will also be 10. So uh, that will be those two kind of different, different uh, uh, ratings. So as a strength conditioning coach, uh, you know, first of all, I want to link somehow, I want to link those subjective feelings with something observable or something that, 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 can, that can be manifested. In this particular case, that will be, you know, the effort will be, you know, did you push as fast as possible every rep? Okay, and, and the level of exhaustion slash exertion will be how close to failure you are, like how many reps in a set you have left. Yeah, yeah, that, and, that resonates with me. So, but uh, check this, uh, check, check this also out. And uh, what discerns these two from a third one, the level of discomfort, will be the difference between doing these two set variations, like five sets, five reps with 60% and five reps with 85% for the, say, upper body movement or lower body movement or doing with the blood occlusion or without the blood occlusion, for example. So the level, uh, let's say, with and, blood, with and without the blood occlusion, uh, you might reach different levels of discomfort, if that makes sense. So uh, let, let's, uh, let, 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 I'm going to give you another example, <laughs> a little bit si- uh, simpler. So... Doing 10 reps to failure and doing 3 reps to failure would both cause maximal effort and maximal 
feeling of uh, exertion of exhaustion, right? But the level of discomfort will be different. Yeah, see, then I'm not sure about whether the level of exhaustion, I mean, that to me right now, the... If it's the linked first to thing, proximity to failure. So if yeah, it's linked but then, to... Yeah, but, but then the different... The, actually, you know what? Yeah, you can still do that, I suppose. It's, it's a bit more difficult. It's on a theoretical level, I see where you're coming with this. On a practical level, on the three-hour M, differentiating between uh, proximity to failure and effort... Our, uh, our, uh, the borders have become more blurred, although if, if, if you adhere to the strict uh, definitions you proposed, then that's still feasible. On a practical level, it's going to be more challenging. So, so for example, if you do a 1RM, then they're one and the same. Okay. Yeah, I will, I will say the... Uh, by definition, they're one and the same, because you're by definition to complete the repetition. Yeah. That's effort, and by definition, it's you've reached a point of yeah, the they're converging reached. to the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, effort and exhaustion. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think what you are aiming at. So the the, the point is uh, is that if if just to avoid this type of confusion that we just had, is to kind of link it to something task specific. So the rating should be more task specific rather than some, some um, you know gestalt ratings that should be generalizable across uh, different uh, activities. So in this case, I would rather ask you, you know, how many how many reps you have left in the tank. So using a uh, su subjective rating of uh, reps in reserve. So rather than than effort or anything like that. So that will give me more insights as a coach. Than, than any other type of uh, you know fancy you know generalizable uh, gestalt ratings. It depends on the cap you're wearing because I also see a value in using a simplified generalizable definition mm -hmm. like how much did you put in out of your perceived maximum, and then then you have I mean th there's a price you pay for using that, uh, but it also makes comparisons ra rather easier. So perhaps what I would propose is to use one. Uh, definition for the construct and the way it is being applied could be like there's a so using the same construct and explanation but maybe having a space to exchange like the type of exercises so the sentence mm -hmm, yeah. explaining it is the same but then instead of like cycling you put lifting the weights or kicking the bag or whatever else but otherwise keeping the the instructions constant to 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 in to try to uh, attempt at least uh receive consistent answers to a similar question that's some sort of a compromise i would propose yeah i agree i agree definitely so kind of having a, a, a theoretical construct and how that theoretical construct will be related to a particular task at hand um but but again i agree with the with the effort but you know what what are your thoughts so we we agree that for example doing you know um five reps with 60% with the maximal intent to lift as fast as possible, that will be maximal effort. Yeah. And, you know, lift, lifting, uh, lifting five reps with uh, sub-maximal intent, but lifting it to a failure, that will be also maximal effort. So yeah. it kind of, it, it's this type of a generalizable, uh, generalizable metric in this, you know, quotation mark, the effort wouldn't be able to discern these two qualitative aspects of, you know, particular performance at hand. Oh, I would say they no. I sorry. I, I would say they would because that depends on the resolution of your question. Because if you ask for every repetition, then you would be able to discriminate between them. But yeah, if you yeah. ask for the set as a whole, you wouldn't likely. 
Well, yeah, yeah, yes, that's 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 correct. So, so that, that's a good point because, like, actually, what you're saying right now, honest to honest to God, that's like actually an experiment we're we're now conduct now we're starting to to pilot. Very similar to the example that you just proposed, and that's exactly one of our debates whether we should ask possibly for RP during and after the set. Also, there's what's called the effective rebound effect. Uh, essentially, if I ask after the set. I'm not asking about the activity as it occurs. I'm asking after the fact to report how much. And th this is, uh, th there's research to, to show that at least with effective responses, uh, that seems to rebound quite quite fast. So um, that is another, uh, not to mention that by asking after the set, you, you're uh, collapsing all the repetitions as, uh, into one. So in a sense, in effect, you can almost view it as a session RPE for a given set. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. I, that, that, that's why I think it's like a shit show. So it's really hard to kind of discern. Um, I don't think it's a, it's a shit show. I think it's just a problem that we have to confront. But as long as we're consistent and attempt to, to narrow down the options of uh, what people are answering us, knowing that we'll get different answers to different questions. But so there's always going to be noise. Our goal is to try to reduce that noise as much as we can. But because I say that despite the noise, we're still the, the benefit outweighs the noise, the negative of the noise. I think it's it's a great tool. I'm all for it to use these different scales in terms of create a common language with the athletes. And from a scientific perspective as well, I think it's very insightful. But I also don't think that we should assume that noise is not an inherent part of this uh, of this topic. Yeah, that's that's a good point, and uh, it, it brings me to to the first thing we mentioned at the beginning is that you know what what time scale are you rating is it instant is it you know beginning end or you know it needs to be more clear more transparent the the scale you are using also i wanted to mention uh, one example from from a practice that i had the location and so forth that all needs to be more transparent with the with the with with the question asked so you know, we're gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap. You probably need to need to go. Um, but before, before, I'd like to add one important thing to your uh, list of ideas that was absent from this talk. But I, I did say something about this in the beginning, and I like to also say something else about this now. I would say that if there is a a, a scale or a construct that I think is of great value, is a very powerful scale. And perhaps if there is a structure, an ordinal structure that one construct is above the others, I don't really see any meaningful value to try and grade them in that regard. But let's say for the, for the sake of our conversation that I would have to, I would definitely put the feeling scale high up at the top. I would say that everything uh, feeds into that, into what's called a common currency. So at the end of the day, when we make a decision, and there's all these different sensations, perceptions, thoughts, emotions, all whatever you want to call it, just that continuously appear and uh, and uh, just are part of us, right? So there's pride, there's joy, there's fatigue, there's pain, there's scum, all these different perceptions that we just, this, all of this discussion revolved around us having the ability to discriminate between them. Yet eventually we have to act and make a decision, speed up or slow down, right? For, for the eliminate the set or not so a proposal that has been set in the early 70s or possibly even before that but to be, the earliest i was able to find was uh, the 70s and 80s 
that they propose that uh, uh, pleasure and displeasure are the common currency. So the system actually translates all these different perceptions into pleasure and displeasure. And then they weigh them up, and based upon that, we make a decision. And from a theoretical point of view, that makes good sense to me. I mean, right, there's all these different things that collide with one another, and they even, like a lot of, even on RPE, the, the, most of the disagreement stems from the neurophysiological pathways, where Marcora and others claim that it's independent of afferent feedback, some say, that, but this is also true for other perceptions. But then at the end of the day, we have to mesh them into a practical decision to act upon that. And I would argue, based upon my reading, uh, that it makes good, like these arguments put forth by, uh, by psychologists, is that pleasure, displeasure is probably the ultimate uh, co common currency, that based upon that we make decisions, which is why I strongly am a supporter of the feeling scale. And also, this is probably the only scale, the only scale, that you cannot mess up an answer to. Because when I ask you how you feel, and 5 is very good, and minus 5 is very bad, then your answer is your answer. You do not confuse it with something else. You know what I mean? It's just like, this is how you feel. Whatever answer you give me, irrespective of what it depends on, is a true representative of how you feel right now. Whereas if I ask you how well is your effort, and you might confuse it with discomfort or pain or fatigue. So this is why I think this scale is so powerful for these two reasons. And I definitely see value in incorporating it. Maybe not, I, like right now, I can't see so much how that can be incorporated with elite athletes. But I will say this that is a way to guide and uh, individualize the training program with this scale is a fantastic way because I'll give you an example. You're an examples man. So we have two athletes or two people running at the same intensity, the same effort. And, uh, let's say we anchor them at a at an RP of 13. Right? Let's say they're even identical physiologically right now for the sake of the example. Yet one person rates uh, the activity is very pleasurable. Let's say on uh a three or a four on the feeling scale, I should probably with, with uh, open brackets and say that the feeling scale goes from minus five to plus five. And plus five is, uh, is very good and minus five is, uh, is very bad. So going back to the first person, he's reporting a four. He's loving it. But the other person is reporting a minus three. Now that is very possible to happen. That happens all the time. And that is very actionable. Not necessarily within the given exercise, but that gives me very important information as a coach because if an athlete hates what he's doing, then that is an information that you got to act upon somehow. How are you going to do it? I'm not sure, but the feeling scale is, could be of great value with that. And also we know with research going like hundreds of, I don't know if hundreds, but many papers showing that people that report displeasure when they work out are unlikely to adhere to continue exercising. And from a public health perspective, that is probably the most important thing we're after. So instead of telling athletes, and this is something that exercise psychologists have been claiming now for years, instead of telling people, all right, ride it, run at an intensity of 40% uh, of your uh, heart rate. But I don't even know what my heart rate is. How can I measure it? These guidelines are very difficult. But if you explain to people how to use the feeling scale and you tell them, all right, go run or walk at uh, an uh, intensity or speed that... Uh, is equal to about two or three on the feeling scale. People can do that, and that has been shown to improve their uh, health quite significantly. Oh, man, that's fucking outstanding. Uh, 
So I'm, I'm so, so glad you shared that because uh, uh, my first initial idea with these four, four constructs, components, is that to integrate this stuff because that's the, the stuff that I really love in, in your paper uh, and I'm so glad that you brought it up. So I wanted to kind of put it inside the discomfort scale, but now when you said, said it, I think it's a it's a, a level be beyond or like it, it demands it's separate. A level above, I would say. Yeah, it demands a separate uh, separate uh, um, uh, component. And uh, actually, I'm I'm like I'm finishing writing a book, the, the second book on uh, you know planning strength training, and one of the chapters I'm currently working on is is you know training those and all these different metrics that we use to you know estimate the dose, the, the construct the training load or the dose. And this comes like um, <laughs> very, very nicely, like at the right, right timing. Um, and today, like this morning, I, I started writing about the expectations, like how the expectations affect your training dose. So let, let's suppose, like I got, since I'm an example man, um, and I, I really love your example. Uh, like, let's suppose I'm, um, I'm expecting to do five reps but I do three reps and in the opposite universe uh, I'm expected to do five reps but I do eight reps and you know the, the feelings of you know effort and exhaustion will be you know quite similar in two examples uh, the level of uh, discomfort might be quite similar but you know let, let's keep it outside of the discussion for a, for a second so the level of effort and level of exhaustion will be same because I I brought both to them to failure, yeah. But the level of uh, you know uh, pleasure and displeasure will be different because they are different to my expectations. So I might be feeling really really pleasurable by hitting eight reps out of you know expecting five, versus I'll be feeling really displeasurable from you know hitting three reps and expecting five. So yeah, yeah. and that's gonna affect the planning. That's gonna affect the you know I call it the forum for action. Like what should I do, and that's gonna affect your emotional state to a training program and you know all the other you know shit down the road that's gonna you know happen. Uh, and I think that's uh, you know spot on what you what you just mentioned with the with the rating yeah. of uh, uh, dislike and 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 stuff. But the, the question is like how should we implement it inside the. Yeah. training and how should See, that affect sure the yet. training those i'm not sure I agree. i'm not sure the example i provided is something that i can envision quite easily and i know it needs to be acted upon but truth be told i'm relatively new to this scale as well it's something that i've gotten into the whole exercise psychology which by the way is different than sports psychology i'm actually flying to uh, germany for a seminar on july with paddy akakikis he's like the guy who's heading it who is an incredible scientist you should probably read some of his papers about this uh, to learn more about it, but the more I read, I'm always like, wow, this is incredible. This is incredible, and it is actionable. How? Uh, I'll maybe leave it up to you. You're more of the practice man right now. you got to translate this into practice, so maybe you can come up with some good examples in the near future. Also, I think this is a, a perfect uh, point to kind of end yeah. this, end this uh, podcast. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for your insights, and particularly... The, the 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 last one it's uh, uh thanks for your i got i gotta thank you i think uh you made some uh, very good uh distinctions there within uh your examples that uh that are helpful helpful even for my upcoming research i might even act upon them so we'll, uh, i'll let you know awesome thanks a lot